The message today is my story. So I chose some uh, scripture that pertain to my life and how God has, what God has done in my life. Um, in Luke 8, 38 through 39, it says, The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell him what God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. When Dan asked me if I would deliver the message about how God transformed my life, I thought, what a brave soul. <laughs> Did he know what he was asking? But I immediately thought of two books besides the Bible that impacted me greatly. The first one was The Secret of the Vine. If anyone knows this book, it's very small and it's very short, but it's very profound. And the second book was The Prodigal God. Both had a substantial impact on my life. A couple of things I wanted to share about the prodigal God before I began my story is that this book is based on the parable of the lost son, which Alan just read for us. I loved hearing it through your translation. Uh, what Bible do you have? Is it King James? King James. Yes, King James. Okay. I wanted to read a quote from the book, The Prodigal God. It says, Through this parable, Jesus challenges what nearly everyone has ever thought about God, sin, and salvation. His story reveals the destructive self-centeredness of the younger brother, but it also condemns the elder brother's moralistic life in the strongest terms. Jesus is saying that both irreligious and the religious are spiritually lost. Both life paths are dead ends, and that every thought the human race has had about how we connect to God has been wrong. I found these very strong words. So I questioned this book. Why is this book titled The Prodigal God? For wasn't it the younger brother, the younger son that was lost? How could God be lost? I asked myself. I always assumed prodigal meant wayward. But just to clarify, the Webster's Dictionary defines it as reckless spendthrift. It means to spend until you have nothing left. Does this not describe the father in the parable? Giving the fatted calf, giving everything up, his robe, his ring. But more, than it, but more than that, it ultimately describes our Father in heaven, who is nothing if not prodigal towards us, his children. God's reckless grace is our greatest hope and a life-changing experience. I was reminded this morning, I don't know why, I thought I had my message all set, and then I wake up and God says, tell him about this song. <laughs> I was reminded this morning by the Spirit about a song by Toby Keith. I don't listen to Toby Keith, but I know about this song, and it came to my mind. I want to talk about me. The chorus goes something like this. 
You know talking about you makes me smile, but every once in a while, I want to talk about me. want to talk about I. I want to talk about number one. Oh, my, me, my. What I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. I like talking about you, 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 usually, but occasionally, I like talking about me. <laughs> I wasn't going to sing it. <laughs> okay. I just want to emphasize that through the story I'm about to share, that the story I'm about to share is based on my experience. It's truly, a, it's, it's based on my experience, but it's truly about God and his reckless efforts to leave the 99 and go after the one lost sheep. I'm not going to bat. I like talking about me, 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 usually, but today I want to talk about him and the smile he brings to my face. Let me begin my story. It was, a cha- it was a challenging to know where to begin. It's hard to put my, a lifetime of transformation into 15 minutes or so message. I don't know how long this message is going to be. <laughs> I'd like to say that I have a rags-to-riches story, that I was at the end of my rope, that I was laying in a gutter somewhere, no roof over my head, no food to eat, when God reached down and saved me. But that just wasn't the case. That is not how it was for me. I probably would have found that an easier story to tell. The story of the younger brother. But as luck might have it, I was destined to travel the path of the elder brother. I was born into a Christian family, very loved, well cared for. I had everything I could ever ask for. I never knew anything else but belief in Jesus. He was born on Christmas. He died on Easter. Well, he resurrected on Easter. He died on Good Friday. Sorry, corrected. That going to church was a good thing. However, my parents did not model a close relationship with the Lord. It was just, we believe in God, and that was just the way it was. But everything changed when I was 24 years old, and my father died suddenly at 69. I realized that was 30 years ago. I was just talking about that Thanksgiving. So, a uh, long time ago. Very devastating, to say the least. Little did I know this event would be life-changing. My father was the glue that held our family together. When Jesus took my earthly father, I realized then that anything, I mean anything, could be taken away from me at any time. The only thing I could count on was God and the love he had for me. And no one could take that away. It was after this that God chose to do a work in my life. I did not go looking for this change, okay? Keep that in mind. I did not go looking for this. I did not look to be saved. But God knew exactly what I needed in my moment of weakness and in pain. Okay, this is, if anybody knows my mother-in-law, 
<laughs> You'll know that this is kind of ironic, but okay. Lovely, I love her, I love her. Um, with encouragement from my mother-in-law, yes, yes. She played a very important part in my life. I found myself in Bible studies. I sought out books that would help me through my time of grief. All these things led me to an awakening by the Holy Spirit. Knew nothing about this. In John 16, 12 through 15, it says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This happened to me. And again, I was, looking, I was not looking for this. Oh, I was not looking for this. But my eyes were open. I once was blind, but now I see. Anybody, does that sound familiar to anybody? You must think amazing. Okay. I finally understood what it meant to be saved by grace through faith. Grace. Grace. Let me pause there and tell you what I realized grace, somebody told me grace meant. I might have shared this already up here. Grace means that you can do nothing to make God love you more, and you can do nothing to make God love you less. When I heard that definition of grace, it stuck with me for all, the, all this time. Okay, to continue. I finally knew the difference between the practice of religion and a true relationship with God. This brings me back to the tale of the two sons. Yes, the tale of the two sons, not the tale of the lost son. The main focus is usually on the younger brother and his selfish ways. We tend to overlook the elder son. As I stated earlier, I found myself relating more to the actions of the elder brother. I found myself on a path of perfectionism, an all-around do-gooder, and do-what-you're-told kind of attitude. This is what the Christian life is all about, right? Any amens out there? <laughs> wrong. Oh, no. Wrong. Somewhat. When I finally realized there is only one who is good and that we all fall short of the glory of God and that I needed help, God finally said, now you're getting it, girl. <laughs> now you're getting it. See, my sins were not that of the younger brother, well, maybe in my teenage years. They weren't really those seen by the naked eye. My sins were similar to the elder. Sins of the heart, which only God can see. They were things like self-righteousness, jealousy, envy, Anger, resentment, self-pity, and that's just to name a few. 
Well, I did not. I, I, well, I mean, I said, wow. I did have a long way to go. Yes, saved by grace, through faith, so that no man can boast. The Ten Commandments were no longer rules to follow, but a reminder that I'm not perfect, and I will mess up, and I fail. But the good news is, I am loved by a father who sent his son to die for me, and he forgives me. He knows everything about me, and he still loves me. Imagine that. Just like the woman at the well. I love that story. Jesus wasn't even supposed to be talking to a Samaritan woman, but he knew everything about her. And she's like, you want a drink? You need a drink, mister? What are you doing here? Why are you talking to me? And he told her he would provide her with living water. Well, religion led me to believe that this was the end of it. I'd been saved, born of the Spirit, washed in his blood, confessed all my sins, attended church, read my Bible, and all is good, right? Wrong. <laughs> Wrong again. No one prepared me for what was about to happen next. No one told me the devil's response to me waking up every morning would be, oh, crap, she's up. Nobody said that he was real. <laughs> no one told me I was in for the ride of my life. No one told me to buckle up my spiritual seatbelt. No one told me about sanctification. What the heck does that mean? And I did realize what it meant. It means to be set apart for holy use. And me, I always think of myself as a David out in the field, and they come to look for the next thing, and they're like, and his father's like, who, him? <laughs> you're going to pick you're gonna pick him? He, you know, he's just a shepherd boy. My new identity in Christ was a roller coaster ride. I went from a full-blown, modern-day Pharisee, bold and confident, thinking I knew everything. I was going to tell everybody how good, you know, that you need to do this and you need to do this. I went from that to crying episodes in the bathroom, asking God, is this what life is like with you? Why does everything seem to be falling apart? Then I had another revelation of what walking with God is all about. In this world of trouble, he is with us. He's here to help us. He's here to change us. He's here to grow us, to mature us, and use us. He will invade our hearts and our minds every part of himself because that way it leaves no room for the bad stuff. He never expected me to be perfect or good enough. He just wanted my heart, an authentic and honest heart chasing after him. He is a gracious God, only wanting the best for me. 
In John 15, Jesus taught me about sanctification, a lesson from the true vine and his gardener. If I remain in God and him in me through his word, I will bear much fruit, because apart from him, I can do nothing. He also reminds me in verse 16 that he chose me. When I said earlier that I didn't go looking for this, just proves that my life is in God's hands, and, his appoint, and he has appointed me for a purpose, to go and bear fruit. And not just any fruit, but a fruit that will last. Imagine that. God's fruit lasts. It doesn't rot. One example of this fruit is me standing here today sharing my story. I never would have dreamed way back when, after losing my father, that I would be called by God to serve in this way. Having a heart for him has led me to things I never thought I'd be capable of doing, including songwriting and worship leading. It wasn't in Lisa's plan, but it must have been in God's. God posed a question to me years ago. If I, could give up, if, if I would give up everything I know about God and give up my relationship with him, would I give up everything I know about God and give up my relationship with him in order to bring my earthly father back to this world? Would I make that trade? And my answer was no. I would not give up knowing God personally for any amount of money in the world. It is a precious gift, a priceless treasure. And two, why would I want my father to have to leave his eternal home and glory of heaven? This is only a glimpse of what God has done in my life. So if you ever want to get together and talk about more things, I'm full of, <laughs> of experiences. But this is the root of it. So I want to encourage all of you, if you haven't yet experienced life in the Spirit, keep asking and seeking. Keep knocking, and he will answer, because he's at the other side of the door. When are they going to knock? <laughs> he chose you, and he's calling you into his vineyard, where his, his amazing love awaits you. But I just have one piece of advice before you enter. Be sure to wear your seatbelt. And if anyone would like these gently used copies of these books, I would gladly love to share them with you. Um, so you can let me know. So let's just bow our heads or raise our hands or however you feel led to thank the Father. Dear Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your word today. The lessons you give us, the way they teach us, help us to grow and help us to become no more dependent on you. I'm so grateful for this time to be able to share my love for you to people that I care about. 
So, Lord, let's just be filled up with you and your word today and take it out and share our testimonies with those around us. Because, Lord, you use us to make other believers. You use us to make disciples of others. We're your vessel, Lord, so please use us. Let us talk about you. Let us be excited about you. Let us help others to know you better. We are so thankful for all that you've done and your son that you sent and his sacrifice for us. And let us continue him to continue to sanctify us to become more like him. In his name we pray. Amen.